Motorcycles and Misfits coming to you live from the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, Reno, California, Santa Cruz downtown, Harvey West Park area, and Live Oak. Ish. Okay. Around around the house tonight, Jim. Hey there. Tonight, yeah, me. What's up? I'm here. I well, got a silly hat on. Well, you're important one, darling. Oh, I... <laughs> anyway, watch MotoGP. It's a great season. Okay. Okay, very good. Well, that is Jim. I'm Emma. On the board tonight is none other than Liza. Hey, everyone. How you doing? You're, you're, Liza, you're very faint, darling. Did you have a decent breakfast? <laughs> yeah, I did. Okay, very good. No, you, you are very faint, sweetie. Um, and um, sitting in his living room, surrounded by deluxe. It's Nark. <laughs> What's up, dickhead? <laughs> <laughs> Nark, is that a big screen TV behind you, darling? Yeah, it's a, not really big by today's standards. It's like a 48 or something. Oh, it's it terribly is. posh, though. It's very posh. <laughs> I got a... a oh, go ahead. Yes? Sorry. No, I got a Costco membership. I live a block away from Costco. <laughs> just to get that TV, and I'm just walking home with it like a thief, you know? Yeah. 40-inch screen TV walking home from Costco. Yep, yep. You, you dumpster dived that shit. I know. I know. You were dumpster exactly. diving. Exactly. You had a bunch of gum, too, court. didn't you? you I wish. Costco dumpsters. <laughs> and last, but by no means least, it is Recycle's power couple. <laughs> Charlie and Micah. <clears throat> yo, yo, wiki, wiki. Breaking bones and crashing bikes. You have not broken a bone. I've broken one. I've, 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 I've broken one bone. He's <laughs> <laughs> crashing a bike. Breaking hearts. Charlie. Numbers. You got to bring him up. <laughs> Charlie, you're breaking hearts wearing that shirt. Exactly. Like. Oh, he I showed know. up and I said, oh, did you lose a bet? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a I think the funny shirt. thing is that's he had a, no idea why I was asking him that. Floral hey, prints are underrated, dog. <laughs> So, um, great day in the garage. You know, this is the first week we've had clear skies in in like a month, right? Yep. Uh, great, uh, great weather today, and nothing got done today. <laughs> it was just some light. Yeah, you yeah you pulled out a wrench. Um, I did but, shit. I just didn't do it at the garage. But it was a good day. Um, spent a lot of it just sitting around shooting the shit, uh, talking. Um, uh, we had Barry showed up on his uh, Vit Pillin. Cool. Uh, those are bitching. Bike. Yeah, um, I like those. I like those motors. Oh, those would are in the Kramer bikes, right? Uh, yeah, it's a six. It's yeah, the six ninety basically. Yeah, it's a KTM six ninety um, motor. Barry, oh. I think he's been on the show before. He has like all these collectible bikes, like um, Moto Marini three and a half. Like he's he loves vintage bikes, and he's like, I'm seventy, and this is the first new bike I've ever bought in my life. Right, but he he loves the Italian stuff, 
And, you know, not like the hokey Italian stuff, like the proper stuff. He likes the old <clears throat> Bevel Drive Ducatis and Moto Guzzi's. So, yeah, I've seen the Vip Pillins before. I always thought that they were um, a unique-looking bike. And I have to say, and Emma, would you agree, seeing one up close for the first time, I have a lot more fondness for the design of this. That bike, I mean, I never talked to it on paper. They, you know, it's just weird-looking. Mm-hmm. But seeing it in the flesh and seeing the attention, not just to the design, to the materials used and the finish on the materials and just, you know, the way it sits and with a lot of the hokey shit taken off, like the goofy license plate holder and the back fender and just Mm -hmm. the, the purity of the design. It's a masterpiece. It's an it's absolute masterpiece. Very European. Oh yeah, God, yeah. very. I like. It. Hey, look who's joined us. It's award-winning Mike. Bam, bam, bam. What's up, buddy? Dude, I was showing off pictures of your uh, shovelhead project today. That is a beautiful bike. Oh, isn't that thing cool? Yeah, it is. Are you gonna enter it in any shows? What social distance shows? <laughs> <laughs> I got I got two bikes backed up right now that I'd like to put in shows that Yeah. You know. But yeah, I'd love to. Really, I'd like to go riding. I just took it for a ride actually. Uh the bike is a lot of fun. It's fantastic. The overflow overflow and the carb is is a little funky, but uh Yeah. Oh, things stunning. You no, know, Mike. If you think about it, between you mm-hmm. and me and with Jim's bike coming up, We'd have enough bikes for a show all by ourselves because I've got three. I've got the Goozy, which, you know, with a bit of kicking and screaming at a show ready. The Army the, the Pink Turbo mm. and um, the Triumph. I, the just want, I just want to check. So Jim can be in the show, but not well, no, me? I just said, Jim, you know, when the, uh, when the Jim's bike's finished. What about, my, what about me? None of my bikes? Well, no, you've, yeah. you've got kind of like <laughs> collector bikes now um see this i just had a, I just had a show in my garage hey look right at that outside That's of my garage cool. <laughs> yeah look at that hey uh, while we're on the topic liza mm-hmm. we're we gonna talk about we did a little ride this weekend and not mm-hmm. to bring up a sore subject did you look at the little oil leak you had on the turbo mm-hmm. yeah it's, 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 just, talked about that. it's it's a very small leak um yeah it didn't look like much yeah it's just it's one of those just uh, annoying ones that kind of creates a little dribble uh yeah but we talked about you said is i think behind the water pump um something like that so and you know this yeah. is typical honda they on a, on a normal CX500, the water pump's at the front, but Honda were concerned about the heat generation from the turbo, so they actually put it at the back. And, I mean, it's it's just amazing that they just went, whoop, turned the camshaft and the water pump round and had it on the back of the engine. And it's just where it meets the block. So I think if we get the kz 400 done and running and we're getting very close with that mm-hmm. we'll get the cx on the bench and just pull pull the water pump apart and then just glue everything back together again yeah you see little It'll be... block? what mike what little, little jenny on the block Is that what yeah, you said? Little jenny on the block exactly <laughs> um but yes. yeah jim you brought it up so we went for a ride and um, we had a great ride yesterday so um a yuri bear again and jim and i head off into the hills yuri was on his 
Norton and I was on the the turbo and we went up in the hills for a couple of reasons. One, to go check out kind of the fire zone um, up in the mountains, but also to go visit a new friend of ours, uh, wait, wait, Mason wait, 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 George. Where in the hills did you guys go? Highway like nine or yeah. thirty six or yeah, yeah, I'll get there. Oh, okay. Um, uh, there's a guy named Mason George, and, and he has opened up his own shop in Felton, right at, um, was it nine? And what's the other road? Empire. No, Felton's Empire? No, no. What's the other one? Right there where the gas station is. Like oh. nine, and I don't know, whatever the road that goes up to Felton Empire. <laughs> that, that one, that's Felton Empire. Where the, yeah. no, where the Taqueria Vallarta is. The gas, the old gas station, the Taqueria. The gas station. That goes up to Empire Grade. Yeah, I mean. it goes up to Empire Grade and yeah. Ice Cream Grade. Um, anyway, I'm blanking on the name. Anyway, he opened, only one. Yeah. he opened up a little shop. It's called Mason George Motorcycles. And uh, he is, he's, he's one of us in that he loves all bikes. I mean, everything. There is nothing that he won't uh, try and get running from, you know, Harleys to dirt bikes. Um, he loves Pentons and, and Makos. And even he'll have, you know, like he had a, a KZ, I think KZ 1000 there and a GPZ 1100. Um, just all sorts of cool bikes. Uh, but I like that everything is worth saving and uh he he's got neat projects but the thing that's really cool is he has his own youtube channel you can check him out mason george motorcycles um and he shows a lot of like his project bikes but something that was really good inside if you want to see what's going on here with the fires first he posted when he was being um when he had evacuated and running around what do you save what do you get out how many you know bikes can you save what do you do and having to make that choice and say goodbye to things you may not see again and then being able to come back and dealing with all the ash and the fire came onto his property it burnt his neighbor's homes down and came onto his property and like burnt the the tent that the a gpz was in not in good condition um burnt like his log pile but didn't burn the house and didn't mm. burn his old truck in front wow and he like lottery yeah exactly um and so he did a great uh vlog of what it was like to be dealing with this whole fire situation and living in the fire zone so yeah check out mason george motorcycles um so we hung out there just shooting the shit talking about bikes and stuff and then we went up uh just basically from felton up over to empire grade and then down empire grade and it is very bizarre to be riding through there it gets very surreal i don't know if any of you guys have ridden up there yet jim yeah jim you've done more riding up there like what's yeah, we didn't do a really big ride but this, you've done more exploring just, up there yeah i went all the way oh yeah all the way to the felton empire and alba and uh, all those roads up there and yeah it's it's weird. I told someone the other day, it's, it reminded me of snowfall. If you ever been somewhere where they have yeah, deciduous trees um, that drop their leaves and then you see the snow, it looks just like that because it's just toothpicks of trees, no other foliage, and then like this white dusting on top of basically sand is what the forest floor is. And that's it. Mm -hmm. But at, at late in the day, it looks like snow. It's trip. Yeah, it looks like snow. It used to be dense forest, right? Looks like somebody went through with like a like a fire hydrant or fire. What do you call it? Fire extinguisher and just sprayed mm -hmm. the. Floor. 
Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I've been talking to people, and this is both motorcycle people. So our, my butcher, um, <laughs> El Sartorio in town, who I love, they live up there and like motorcycles. And also, obviously, a bunch of people mountain bike around here. Lately, everybody's been like, ooh, the fires are over. Look at all the forest you can ride in now. Mm-hmm. So now, basically, a lot of the mountains are wide open. They've cut a bunch of new fire roads. There's fire breaks. So I'm not sure how we actually start doing this. but And there's a lot of trees falling. <laughs> Well, yes. I mean, I saw they yeah. were paying people, I think, just to walk through the woods and kick and look for still hot spots. But, um, but at some point, you know, there'll be a lot of riding to be had in those mountains. Yeah, you just want to be careful riding up there because there's still a lot of emergency services going up and uh, utility guys with giant fucking trucks coming around corners, taking up you know most of the entire lane, both ways. So, and they're usually like, dragging trailers and tree crushing. Uh, Chopping equipment. We, too, we so. followed a truck like that mm-hmm. and a big ass trailer, <laughs> you know, from having equipment. And the, like every time it got to some sharp twisties on the way down, mm-hmm. it started laying on the horn. Yeah. Just, okay. You know, like laying on the horn. Here I come. But I have a story because we're following and every now and then I'd hear this. Eh, eh, eh. And I thought it sounded like my fender rubbing on the tire or something, or we have something rubbing <laughs> on something. And I'm like flipping up my face shield, like, what is that sound? There's a sound coming from the front of my bike. It's like maybe my tire was starting to like get a bubble and it's rubbing. And I was I'm like, shit, what is going on? And when you're super focused, I'm, there it is again. What was that? And then it took me a while to realize it was the truck in front laying on its horn at every turn. But I couldn't tell because the way the everything was aligned, it just sounded like it was in front of my bike. It was right. freaking uh, me out, that man. That was funny because you pulled up and you're like, oh, that was a horn. But <laughs> something uh, important, too, is and I, the reason I haven't spent more time up there, I just kind of did that one re- recon ride that one time because there are a ton of crews up there working at&t and pg&e yeah. and it's like you just don't want to slow them down it's like people are trying to get power restored to their house and all this other stuff it's like they don't need some dude you know so they got to get out hold the sign and all that so i think that's yeah. right it's best just to lay low let them get the work done and then we'll go check it out i do want to say uh, <clears throat> that get ready get ready for the landslides when the rain yeah come. exactly because I mean, that's yep. usually what happens after these things too so I do want to say I had an absolute pleasure riding the CX-500 Turbo. That was the first real ride I've done. I've only ridden it around the neighborhood. Uh, But to take it up in the hills, and I'm like, I've never really taken it on turns. I want to get used to it. Mm -hmm. And for a bike from 1982, I thought it would be a lot more unwieldy than it was. Um, I was getting more and more comfortable on it. I'm not like like really leaning in it, leaning it, but I felt like there was more. Like I could definitely push it more and more and more. I definitely don't want to try and find the boundaries on that bike, but I got really more and more comfortable with it and finding out the body was, input. How was the suspension? Because those are, I mean, we had a couple of chances to kind of open it up a little bit, and there were some pretty good twisties. How Actually, like yeah, Emma, that reminded that? me. There was one time my front hit like a pothole or something, and there was a, a clunk from the front end. So definitely sounded almost like the the triple is loose or something the triple nut uh it definitely there was a clunk yeah i could have bottomed out but it definitely it's yeah something how old are your tires liza oh they're new they're newer oh okay cool hey did you break them in before you went or no they're newer ish yeah i think they're newer i think they're from 93 no i'm kidding no they're they're (laughs) newer they're like five tires are yeah the tires are fine enough 
They were, um, they were, they were born the day Kurt Cobain died. Yeah. <laughs> um, but great ride. I really did enjoy it. And that's um, a good road to put it through its paces on too. Yeah. So I wanted to try and play a little game today. And um, Emma. Yes. Do you have your notepad ready? I do. Okay. I... You guys remember the old newlywed game? Yeah. Why is there a picture of a penis on, on Emma's Stop notepad? it, Jim. That is not true. It's on your forehead. Um, yeah. So this is like the newlywed game. We're just winging it here. So um, I came up with a list of we'll call it like accessories for motorcycles or attributes to motorcycles. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to say what it is. And Emma is going to write down if she thinks it's cool or not. And I'm going to go through, well, I'll pick one person and you got to guess what her opinion is of this thing. And I want you to give a reason why (coughs) you think she would say that. Does that make sense? Favorite place to make whoopee. So here's that just so thing okay. Open? So how many questions are there, Liza? Oh, uh, we'll see. But maybe a dozen. So I tell you how we're going to do this. I'm going to write a number on the left, one through ten, and then when you, when hey. I make my decision, <clears throat> it'll either be C or F, cool or fool. Actually. Ooh. Actually, I got a different way we're going to play this because we're going to go one at a time. Emma, why don't you take two pieces of paper, write cool on one and fool on the other. And whichever one you feel, you'll just hold that up and then you'll turn it around to reveal. How about that? That way you only have to use two pieces. So you write down cool and fool. All right. Too cool or pity the fool. (laughs) And so, all right, Jim, I'm going to start with you. So this first accessory to a motorcycle, uh, I'll say it. You need to tell me if you think if she thinks that it's cool or fool, and and tell me your reason behind that. And we'll see how well you know Emma. Because here's oh, the thing: exciting. we all look to Emma for her opinion. We all agree that she has great taste in motorcycles and extensive knowledge. And I was what what Emma about says her this morning, what Emma says, we all we all abide by, right? So let's find yes. out. So I'm going to say the first thing, Emma. Are you ready? I have my notes. Okay. Ready. Emma, what do you think of milk crates on motorcycles? Please hold up your piece of paper. Well, don't don't show me though, right? No, just don't show no, it. Just keep I'm, it turned I'm, around I'm, or folded. Just keep it folded. <clears throat> okay, Jim, what do you think Emma thinks about milk crates on motorcycles? Okay, considering we're keeping the conversation to motorcycles, I'm mm-hmm. assuming, and not scooters or mopeds or the like. They all count. I well, no, hey. a moped or scooter is not a motorcycle. Dude. But okay, we'll throw that into the mix. With that said, I'll maybe I'll put a caveat. I would say motorcycles and milk crates would be abhorrent to my friend Emma. I would think think that a milk crate should be anywhere but attached to a beautiful machine like a motorcycle. Okay, so, no, Emma, I would say no. What do you think of milk crates? <laughs> You're so wrong. Oh, you, I was worried <laughs> the first you've ever been. No, no. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. It's a factory option with KLR. <laughs> yeah. <about>. Yes. <laughs> no, and you that know would have been you, different. And you know the worst part about it is I am absolutely breaking my dear friend McCarthy's heart right now because the first thing he does on his supermotard is put milk crates on it. He knows it's wrong too. 
He All knows right. it's wrong too. Right. Now, yeah, the better saying, question you know, would be: yeah. What about pulling a milk crate with a motorcycle? Uh, that. Uh, yeah. Well, that's brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Cool. There we go. All right, Mike, are you ready for this? And everything. <clears throat> All right, you ready? Uh, oh wait. Oh shoot. Are you still there? Oh, yeah, I'm here, babe. Oh, sorry. I just minimized my Zoom so I can't see you. Oh, let me bring it back up. Here we go. Maximum. All right. Emma, what do you think about rigid frame custom motorcycles? Rigid, rigid frame, frame custom, custom motorcycles. All right, Mike, what do you Are think you, Emma well, thinks about rigid yeah, frame bikes? Question. I mean, hmm? does she think they look cool? Do or you think, well, you got to tell me cool or fool and why she thinks that. How about like something really stupid, like any like? <laughs> come on, come on, Mike. Rigid frame bikes. This is a good one. I think they're cool. What do you think Emma thinks? I know she thinks they're cool. And why do you think she thinks they're cool? Because it's OG, like her. Oh, okay, <laughs> Emma. Appealing to flattery. Oh, cool. <laughs> always get you. There you go. go. Absolutely right. Because <clears throat> you go back to the 1940s and before everything had a rigid frame mm. and you don't get much more og than that okay so, yeah good call mike good call jim mm -hmm. two for two all right all right you ready guys know me all right emma i want to know what you think about linked brakes Ooh. knock this one is for you she thinks it's dumb and why does she think it's dumb? cool because it's they're a pain in the ass to deal with, and uh, they're just extra trouble more than they're worth, and you tend to lose a bit of control with them. Knock. Right. I have link brakes on my goozy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so what do you think? I'm going to hold it up. So oh. you're staying with that answer? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I know you're I hate it. <laughs> the simple shit you had it you had those links breaks because you wanted to keep it mm -hmm. kind of like factory right no because i haven't got around to changing it well, okay and well there it goes i'm right and the trouble is <laughs> i've always braked the same i'm always very very heavy on my front brakes mm -hmm. and i just use the back brake to stop the back of the bike jumping around but all my mm -hmm. work's going on the front now the goozy when i honk on that front brake all i'm doing is braking on one disc and it's mm -hmm. a big, heavy bike. So I'm like, oh, fuck. And then I'll tromp on the rear brake. And now it starts braking. But anything where ultimate control is taken away from you, I'm against. Same applies to um, right-by-wire throttles. Hate them. Mm. Hate yeah. them. You know, anything, a lot automatic day, transmissions, but... Liza, before you get excited. <laughs> anything where that your control of the bike is is a decision is made for you, to me, is full. And uh, I have seen you and Rufus be demon late on the brakes. So, yeah. Yeah, but Rufus has got conventional brakes. But, yeah, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I am the late hard breaker you're a demon late all right guys. so i'm proud so far you misfits are doing great yeah these guys know me micah hell? this is your turn all right emma i want to know what you think about dirt tires on harleys Ooh, micah what do you think dirt tires on a Ooh. harley how did you just see what's his name's post <laughs> I, it's 
I think she thinks it's cool. There's history there. Those are like the original, uh, what? They're not original dirt bikes. Enduros, sure. Yeah, Enduros. Sure. Yeah. Go with I just, that. Like, so cool? All right. I think cool. <clears throat> All right, Emma, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, mm. oh, well. Micah, I'm sorry. Oh, my goodness. Micah, you know what? You ruined our street. I'm with Micah. I stand with Micah. No, I'll tell you, you, Emma. I'll tell you you why, Micah. There's too much weight there. There's too much talk there. I mean, Harley's aren't the best handling machines on the road full stop. Before we get a load of angry people calling in, come on, guys, you know your bike's heavy. You know your bike's slow steering. Putting a pair of knobbies on it, oh, my God, you know. I think it's awesome. It's uh, Any bike is a dirt bike if you go in the dirt with the bike, and I think that that is a great example. Of- Anybody who takes a Harley dirt biking needs a lobotomy. <laughs> I think, how about the guys that race them in the Mint 400? They've already had the lobotomy. <laughs> oh, my God. No, okay. I mean, kudos to those guys. It's a big, heavy bike. All right. I, could, I couldn't do it. But, um, Micah, respect. All right. Micah was, is I mean, you know, losing right now. But yeah. that's okay. Let's see how Charlie can do. Charlie. Oh, game over, man. You ready? Emma, what do you think about motorcycles with stereos and speakers on them? Charlie, what do you morning. think she thinks? I think it's full because it's like, who the fuck needs a stereo to be loud and obnoxious and complicated fucking electronics? Fuck. Oh, fool. You are <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. See, I love having a good stereo system. I'll bet you do. I do. I'll bet you. I've do. had it on my BMWs. I love it. With the experience. I, I heard one this morning. I'm laying in bed, and this thing was one of the. I'm like, oh my god, that's a freaking motorcycle, like a block away. Right. And all I could think of, I'm like, bro, there's there's Bluetooth. But at the same time, I'm like, I hope that's just some dude on a big Harley fucking pumping ACDC at see, 10 in the morning. Well, I was go- the only thing that would actually make Liza listening to a stereo loud on a motorcycle cool is she'd be like listening to show tunes yeah. or Taylor Dane or something, you know? I, I, if, you're, <clears throat> if you're playing ACDC cool or, mm. you know, uh, uh, um, anything like that, Maximum volume on your bike, you are deeply uncool. I am very, very sorry. But if you're playing show tunes or Beethoven or something wham. like that, wham! Obviously, wake me wham. up before you go. Okay, here's the here's Absolutely. the one caveat: the Indian dark was it the dark horse, the Indian chief dark horse mm-hmm. stereo system does go to eleven. Yeah. So I think oh, on yeah. that motorcycle you can play. Oh, I listen 11, to music the whole time. Actually, I, it's it's not what you got, it's what you play, darling. I think I've told you guys this before, but uh once when I was on my BMW touring bike, some Harleys just completely snubbed me, ignored me. So I turned around and I got in with the pack while I was going stoplight to stoplight in downtown Atlanta and I was pumping techno music and bobbing my head and smiling at them at each stoplight. Uh-huh. And I just kept following and okay. riding with them. <laughs> Liza, I have, I have a challenge for you. I have a challenge for you. Yeah. The next time that when we can all get together again and we start going on bike runs mm-hmm. and we go to Mike Corbin's yes. for the 4th of July weekend, I want you 
to put a giant boombox on your Africa twin. Yes. And as we're riding in the middle of a group of Harleys with some tough-looking cats riding them, I want you to play Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Richer. Oh, no, that's volume. not good enough. I'll tell you, on the Wurwur ride, I was uh, pumping the Jonas Brothers the whole ride. Really? Oh, yeah. You really are gay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she is a professional gay. Okay. All right, coming up next. Uh, Jim, are you ready? About uh, what? Um, let's see. I want to know... Hey, Emma, what do you think yes. about headlight modulators on motorcycles? Ooh. Mm, you have an answer? She's thinking. Oh, is it me? Is it my All turn? right, Jim, what do you think she thinks about headlight modulators? Oh, they're fucking horrible. And why do you think? Bloody horrible. They're bloody horrible is what they are. I, they are hor- She'll say they're a great safety idea. I hate them. And Why? Um, because because they're just annoying as fuck. I mean, if, <laughs> if you're anywhere near it, all you see is this flashing thing. You're out on your, you know, your nice Norton Commando out for a leisurely ride to the, to the countryside with your friends. You're having an enjoyable time. You kind of look in your mirror to see if everybody's doing okay. And all you see is a strobe light. So I will say because of the strobe light effect, although if she were at a, a rave in Great Britain smoking hash and tobacco, she would love it. Oh, I think you are right. She says fool. No, their instruments are the devil. <laughs> the, first, <laughs> the, the first thing, whenever I buy a new bike, I always modify two things. I always modify the headlight, and I always modify the horns. Um, there you go. Highest wattage, um, just super bright headlight, no modulation required. Don't be shy about putting on a high beam and have a kick-ass horn so when people do get in your way, you can just wang on the horn, get them out of your way. Okay, good job. Micah looks really sad right now. And, you know, it's oh. – it's. I feel, Micah, you're going to come through in the clinch, darling. No, no, I'm just playing with a rubber band that's sitting on my computer. I'm okay. very focused. Oh, are we boring you, Micah? Are we boring <laughs> I thought she, you, has, I thought she had right. some edibles. I don't All know. right. I'm interested by this <laughs> All right, Mike, you You've ready for this edibles. one? You'd better share the wealth, darling. All right, Emma. Plasma. What do you think about bikes with the LED lights that turn them different colors, like turns the engine colors and stuff? Oh, God, do you even have to ask <laughs> So that? I want to know, what do you think? So, Mike, what do you think she thinks about the, the colored LED lights on bikes? First of all, I'm just going to say that, you know, I, there's a time and a place for something like that, and it's pretty cool. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, what's that, what's that movie? The fucking, the guy Vin Diesel mm-hmm. in those cars and yeah. shit. Oh, yeah. Fast and Furious. That looks cool. You know what I mean? It looks cool if you're in Miami, if you're in the right setting. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you live in, like, Nebraska in some small town, you're right. I mean, you're that guy. You know what I mean? If everyone else <laughs> mm-hmm. right. those cool, like, glowing things on the rims and everyone else is doing it, then it's like you just kind of, you know, it's not so weird. Hey, Mike, I have a question for you. How many different colors uh, does your bike settings have? The pumpkin? <laughs> uh, it had, like, 15. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what do you think Emma thinks? Cool or fool? I, yeah, boy, I could tell you right now, I wouldn't mm-hmm. put them on my bike, mm-hmm. but I might put some accent white lights on in some All certain right. places. But what do you think Emma thinks of co- uh, colored LED colored lights? Colored lights? Color, are you saying colored lights? Mm-hmm. Colored LED lights. For 300. I think fool. Fool. All right. Emma, what do you think? Mike got the gist of it, but he was wrong about. Uh, 
colored neon lights that change under your bike are unless Ooh. you unless yeah, yeah. it's got nothing to do with where you are mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's got nothing to do with who you are if well, you were on a stretch booster they are <laughs> <Ooh. clears throat> okay the only bike that is allowed colored neon underneath is a stretch booster that's well, it i've seen some some pretty okay. cool choppers and stuff don't care mm -hmm. no, no, no. <laughs> i'm not saying like led kits i'm saying like i've seen not no stretch booster no, no right that's it. If if anything more than a headlight and a taillight, under the seat, unless please. you're on a stretch booster, it's deeply uncool. Ooh. It was yellow, but whatever. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> All right. Knock. Headlight, taillight, that's it. All right, knock. I don't care. I got this one for you. <laughs> Emma. Hello, darling. Uh, besides busas, I want to know what you think about extended swing arms. <laughs> Is this, uh, Knock, is this what do you think? Guess? This is you, Knock. <laughs> cool okay. or full? This extended this swing arms. Context thing. If you are doing hill climbs or and or shooting your, mm -hmm. you're uh, pushing your eyeballs back in a drag strip, they are cool. In that context, uh -huh. uh, they are cool. But if you're riding around on the street, probably full. So, which answer are you going with? What does Emma think? Cool or full? I think I'm going to go with cool because she's very much into context. Jim, you have something to say? Oh. Oh. Close. I was going to provide some, I was going to throw a lifeline there. Oh. So I was bragging about Emma to somebody this morning and I told two stories. We were talking about Emma's eye for shapes and colors. And I said, this is a woman that got a new Triumph motorcycle out of the crate and chopped inches off the swing arm immediately why because it looks better yes so there's your yeah i mean arm. no the, 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 you know the triumph bonneville i stand my by by my decision i mean the triumph bonneville was a was a masterful piece of design and this is the new bonneville that came out um oh mike bye darling what's yep. for dinner oh fish sticks <laughs> really the life yeah. of having, having a small child <laughs> no ranch <clears throat> all right you don't right, ketchup you, in there man you leaving no, mike ketchup in that. In it. i don't even know what the fuck salt is. and vinegar all right salt son. and vinegar I'm, good night, all right mike. see you mike he's not cleaning his Later, dude. Later, all right that Hi. brings us to micah what's up micah what do you think um let's see emma what do you think yes, about undertail license plates? Oh, uh, undertail license I, plates. So, uh, Emma, cool or full? Are you ready? Are you decided? Okay. I know. You I, know what I, I'm talking I, about on sport bikes. Barry had it on his Vit Pillin. What do you guys think of undertail license plates? I have big opinions on this, but mm -hmm. I think that Emma's differs from mine okay. and i think that she is way cooler than i am and has way more of an anarchist uh streak in her than i do even though i wish i did um and i think that she thinks it is cool oh, oh cool. and not only that you <laughs> nailed the reason because you know what <laughs> yep I love motorcycles. Generally, I regard myself as 
a very law-abiding person. But you know what? If you can stack the odds in your favor, you know, if you get a radar gun pointed at you and you're and they can't read your license plate, or you go across a bridge toll and they can't read your license plate, more power to you, you know? <laughs> yeah, fuck so, the man. Yeah, mm. it's one for the people, comrade. Well yeah. done, well done, Micah. You nailed okay. it. Okay. A right. little, little bit of an anarchistic streak, just a little one. Yeah, I, I don't like them. I, when people show up with those, I don't trust those, I don't trust uh, riding with those people because those people <laughs> who have them have them for a reason. Oh, knock! Mm. You have that right. That group, right? Huh? <laughs> you have that right. No, I actually prefer <laughs> the OEM uh, OEM tail tailstock. Yeah, something that's more secure. And my only issue is a lot of times people do that, and it's really janky. And yeah. you'll see the license plate bending, or or can get hit the tire. They don't. They don't kind of get how much movement the swing arm has. But I mean, like, I also like OEM turn signals because. Yep. Okay. That's how the factory made them. Funny and you should say that. Rare. Yeah. <clears throat> no, that's not. All right, we got one more. Charlie, are you ready? No. Okay. Are you ready now? Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll never be ready. Emma. You know, a lot of people really like these. I want to know what you think about <laughs> loud pipes, cool or fool. Ooh, this Charlie? is a good one. All right, Charlie, what do you think she thinks about loud pipes? Now, if you're talking about loud pipes for the sake of them being loud, generally that's <laughs> obnoxious, and I think that's cool. But in the context of making the bike perform better and – if you do it correctly, I think they sound pretty good. I think they're cool. So what do you think Emma thinks? I think they're cool. You think Emma thinks they're cool? Yes. All right. Emma? Uh, oh! Yes. And you nearly had it, Charlie. I like going fast, and I don't like broadcasting it. Right. Yep. Because, you know, I like getting on it. And when your bike's at 8,000 plus, I prefer being like the whoosh, like the wind, like a ninja, Ooh. you know, as opposed to rattling people's, you know, and, uh, bloody motorcyclist. Yeah. More importantly, the local highway metro patrolman going, where's that noise coming from? Mm -hmm. So, right. um, you know, and that's, it's very, very personal. If you have loud pipes on your bike, Hey, more power to you. M nearly all my bikes are quiet. Yeah. Hey, Liza, I got a couple for you. Oh, yeah? Okay. Hit me. Uh, how do you? How well do you know, Emma? Oh, this is good. I wasn't prepared for this. Where are you okay. at? Where are you like on a scale of okay. 1 to 10? Are you all think right. you're 9 or 7? Uh, I, think, I, think, I, think, I, think I think I got an idea. All right. All right what do you got? Uh, I'm going to start with this one, frame sliders. Frame sliders or... Any, any frame sliders are cool. Uh, they're there to serve a function and to preserve uh, parts of the bike. Why wouldn't they be cool? Uh, so, Emma, I'm going to say she thinks they are cool. All right, Emma, what do you think? I've seen frame sliders destroy a frame. 90% uh -huh. of frame sliders are junk. Hmm. Any frame slider that is cantilevered onto your frame 
Mm. When I say cantilevered, I mean anything that comes back from an engine mount, out from an engine mount, or forward mm. from an engine mount will hurt your frame. Mm. Okay. You know what, if the, you, uh, what the best frame sliders are? Your fairings. <laughs> I mean, literally, they can be. Yeah. Um, you know, so your handlebar, your handlebars, your handlebar yeah. ends, and whatever the it hits on the end. I mean, I've. I've and the only thing is about frame sliders, and people don't realize mm -hmm. this, is when you lay your bike down. Generally, there's quite a large point of contact with the road. You know, there's the as Knox says, there's a fairing. You know, it might be the fender, it might be the muffler. These are all expensive parts. But it'll generally slide and not spin, and it'll just slide over to the side of the road. It all depends how fast you're going. When you go down with frame sliders, on a track, it's fine because the surface is very, very smooth on a track. It's a track. Until you hit but if the you go down on the road with frame sliders, there's a very, very good chance that your frame slider is going to hit a manhole cover, a pothole cover, yep. and it'll either tear off and take part of the frame with it, or as Nock is gesturing right now, it's going to start your bike spinning and tumbling. And so you can actually make an accident far worse with frame sliders on the street than without. So yeah, I think a lot of it's speed dependent too. I mean, like, oh, every, everything's speed you know? dependent. Yeah, so good, good frame sliders will have multiple. Um, fastening point so it's not just a big lever and then they'll also right. have a, a point at which the entire slider will shear off so it doesn't get too much torsion on it and right. sometimes they so work great good. just want to point that out yeah exactly <laughs> and that's the that's the whole point sometimes they do work great um so, so Liza, I have another one that plays right, right in. One more. One. Are you setting me up to fail? Wait, I can tell. I I've got a whole bunch. Uh, well, you all get two, so this is my second. Then we'll okay, be so okay, just because. But this save that. We'll save it. it for another time. All right. All right. Are yeah. are street stunters cool? Like people that stunt on the street, not stop traffic, oh, they... not make a spectacle, but they're out on the streets doing wheelies, doing stop, doing all. Are you talking like shit. knock or like the twelve o'clock boys? Well, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Knock rocks it. Knock, we all we all have moments, but no, like people that are skilled motorcycle riders, riders, and like stunt, do illegal shit, but don't put other people in jeopardy. I know exactly what she's going to say. Let's go with Micah's question. She's oh no, Emma's going to say, "Fool! You should never be doing that stuff on the street where you can put anyone else at risk." There you go, fool. I am. I didn't say right. anyone else. I said just. Well, and it may be okay, someone cool. else's property. You know, that's the thing. No, Cars on the side of the road, anything. Um, never put anyone else at risk and is look, my rule. Let's put it this way you're popping the world's best wheelie, and you're super proud of yourself. <laughs> Meanwhile, a child Knock. just runs out of the candy store, and you know, kids, when they've got candy. They're not paying attention, and she runs straight out in front of you. You know? Would you want that on your conscience? No. You don't have to convince No. Me. I want to hear Micah's now. No, 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 let's so save it. There's so many factors on the road. At this stage of the game in 2020, every single one of us should just be concentrating on the other fools on the road. 
and not pulling silly stunts. Are you paying attention, Mark? (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, that's what it's got to. I'm old enough to remember what it was like riding in the 70s. It's a very Mm -hmm. different ball game to what it is now. The roads Mm -hmm. are choked now. People are distracted now. Everyone's moving faster now. My God, people drive so quick in this pandemic. You know? It's all the the automatic cars. (laughs) I guess it must be. But the point is that there are things we need to be concentrating on. People are distracted now. So, you know, spend all your time concentrating on keeping yourself safe on the road and not doing street stunts. There you go. You want to do stunts? Find yourself a parking lot somewhere. I was redeemed. Thank you. Oh, you're um, welcome. Hey, uh, next thing I wanted to talk about. Um, hey, uh, Friday, big day, uh, long way up premiere. Did everyone watch it? No. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, not, not yet. yet. Did anyone watch it? No. Yeah, neither did I. Um, I'm thinking it's the same. Here's the thing. I really wanted to watch it. Here's my old person rant right now. Really wanted to watch it. But um, most of my devices, my bedroom TV, my computer, my uh, laptop, my phone are not compatible with the Apple app. But I have one Roku unit that is compatible. I paid for the service and I put the app on there and it doesn't work. I have the menu, I can see it, and when I hit play, it goes to black screen. And here's where I get ranty. There's no way to call anyone for customer service or help. You get sent Bill Gates. You get call sent into these loops of did you unplug it? Yes. Did you know it's like going through all these yeah. things? And I'm like, oh, I'm so pissed off. Um, I'm really excited to see it, but I'm guessing there's a lot of people having the same problem. A lot of people are saying they don't want to pay for the service. Uh, they don't want to, you know, download another app. Um, or maybe I don't want to watch it on my phone, you know. So it's somewhat limited in what devices can access the Apple TV app, which is unfortunate. So maybe not that many people watching it yet, but um, I'm going to try and get something so I can watch it and we can report on it and maybe even do a screening here, something like that in the garage. Uh, so if you uh, have seen it, let us know what you thought so far. You know, we should we should try and get, um, I doubt whether we'd get Ewan, but I think we should try and get Charlie up on the, on the podcast to talk about it. Maybe. So <clears throat> I have another game, sort of. We've played this game before. Um, this is kind of a version of what's it worth, but this is uh, more of my rant. You know, a lot of people have been talking lately that um, the motorcycle industry is doing better than ever. So many people now trying to find new sources of uh, recreation are buying motorcycles and we've heard a lot of people say that the prices of used bikes have been going up you guys have heard this all over emma have you seen this happening yeah i've seen this so i printed out a bunch of ads from craigslist for bikes i'll tell you what it is read the description and you tell me what you think it's worth because um I, yeah, I don't know what's going on out there. It's hard to track what actual values are anymore because prices are going up. So, all right, guys, um, here I have a 1982 GL 500 Silverwing. It's the, 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 the brother to my 
CX500 Turbo. And this one um, was a project bike that has been uh, modded out. It's got a brat style seat with a loop at the rear. It's got bar and mirrors. It's got upside down clubmans. Um, they've done a, mm. uh, you know, a good little job making a nice little custom bike. Oh, go with that poor bike. Um, <clears throat> what do you guys think that this bike is worth? Uh, way too much what you're asking for. What do you, but what do you now, think it's worth? What are you asking? What it's worth? I'm, I'm just asking, asking what it's worth and then I'll tell you what they're asking. What do you think this bike is worth? Does it run? Uh, mechanically sound and runs great. Good starter bike or fun project. It's got the welded on frame hoop, aftermarket LED turn signals, aftermarket halo headlight, Clubmaster handlebars. Replace the airbox with two pod filters, new oh. Dunlop front tire, Oops. aluminum machine clutch and brake levers, and a faux brown leather seat. It has to have a brown leather seat. It has to have a brown leather seat. So, what do you think this bike is worth in this time of COVID and inflated bike prices? What do you think it's 1500 worth? 1500 bucks is what it's worth. I get he's probably asking double. What do you guys think it's worth now? I was going to say it's probably worth like two grand. That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. And again, not what you think is worth so much. What do you think is the actual value out there right now with all these bikes being sold? Jim, knock, what do you think? Uh, shit. I don't know, man. Um, I'm with Charlie and Liza too, like two grand, you know? I'm kind of are horrible. You guys, are you asking what we bike think the prices. bike's actually worth? No. What? Yeah. What do you think it's actually worth? What do you think somebody might actually pay for this? Uh, $1,500. Yeah. 17. Okay. So they're asking four grand. Woo! Oh, fuck that. What the fuck? Well, when you think for perspective, right? A T if you want to buy a, a used TTR 125, that's mm -hmm. going to cost you 12 mm -hmm. to 1500 bucks. So you're getting a running silver wing for, you know, for, for you think you're going to get it to <clears> the same <throat> price. It's just interesting. All right. I mean, this is the thing. And I get a lot of times people are asking me, hey, I'm looking at buying this bike. Is this a good deal? And it's that's what I'm saying. It's hard to tell. The prices are crazy right now. All right. Up next, we have a 2000 Honda CBR 600 F4. And uh, this one is a new restoration, very clean showroom condition, all stock plus Vance and Hines stainless steel exhaust, stainless steel hardware, new parts service include new two-tone metallic dark cherry paint, rear brake pads, spark plugs, ICM module, turn signals and taillight with integrated turn signals. It has 29,000 miles and is currently registered. And it looks like this. It's a nice looking red yeah cbr so 600 that's got to be a four grand bike four grand what do you guys think what do you think it's actually worth yeah i, I would uh pardon if it's got a oem cam chain tensioner and in which case yeah. if it does <laughs> it's, it's twenty five hundred dollars so it's what i mean it's a, it's a 20 it's a 2000 with i think a, a twenty nine thousand, almost thirty thousand miles <clears throat> so it's a oh, 20 year old bike like Hmm? I think it's probably worth like three grand. Three grand, okay. Jim, what do you think? I think four grand is a good number for them. I mean, it's 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 a cool bike. I mean, I don't I'm not as familiar with the mechanics as Knock and Emma are, but I mean, 
at face value, it's fairly low miles. It's a cool bike. Yeah. Someone will like no, it. I mean, so I think they've got terrible cam chain tensioners, but at 29,000 miles, he'll either have replaced it right, so, or yeah. put a manual one on it. So, and you if know. you know if you know that ahead of time, four grand, you get a pretty bitching bike. All know? right, so yeah, it looks like he spent a fortune it's, on so it. So, 2000 yeah. uh, CBR 600, you think is worth about four grand, Jim? And let me ask you a side question: What year yeah. is your FZ6? Uh, no, gotten... this is for Jim. Sorry. Okay. Jim, what oh, is sorry, your... Uh, 2006? 2008. 2008. And what do you think your FZ6 is worth? Uh, without the luggage, with 50,000 miles and the work done, I would say without the luggage, 2,600. So don't you think that FZ6 is it's a newer and good condition bike? It's more I think capable? It's one of those... It's it's a bike like a versus. I think it's yeah. way undervalued. It, okay. So I think the market just doesn't pay what that bike okay. is worth. All right. So uh, some of you got close, and this is looks like this may be available at a dealer because there's no they're they're taking owner financing on this for just uh, two hundred fifty dollars a month. And a hand job For the, the price alley. of forty five hundred dollars, you can buy this bike. There you mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that sounds kind of crazy to me. This being a twenty year old sport yeah. bike. Yeah. The guy's trying to make the money back on painting it and whatever yeah. service he's done on it. I I get it, but it's like you could get a way more powerful, faster, lighter, better bike for that price. All right. Yeah. I, I think it's a nostalgia thing. I think someone will be have, remember yeah. it for some reason and be like, "Yeah, I remember this." Blah blah blah. All yeah. right. Next up. A 1987 Yamaha Riva 200cc scooter with 13,000 miles on it. Uh, excellent riding Yamaha Riva 200cc uh, in red. Includes a rear trunk. Looks and handles great and is a blast to drive. This bike will take you everywhere. Um, uh, great for scooter to ride. Recently serviced. Lots of storage. Good tires and brakes. Just twist and go. Uh, runs great, smooth four-stroke, needs nothing, everything works, and this is what it looks like. So again, this is a 1987 Yamaha <coughs> Riva, 200cc. Now, what do you think it's worth on today's market? Well, there wasn't. A, there was a time not very long ago when that was five hundred dollars all day long. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, probably triple that now, maybe even more. I'll go. I'll I'll go fifteen hundred. Wow. Charlie? Yeah, 15, uh, 15 to 18, I think. Wow. Yo, if yeah, you get with- $100, bucks, i will take it off your hands. Which is surprising me because the uh, the Hondas were much more popular. The Rivas were were kind of the bastard yeah. cousin, right? The redheaded stuff. Well, it's stepchild. still a 200cc currently registered running bike, so. So what do you think, Jim? What do you think it's worth? What do you think someone will pay for it? Oh, I think someone, I, I bet they're asking two grand, and I bet seventeen fifty. Well, they're asking seventeen hundred. There you go. Which again sounds crazy, especially with some of these like buddies, these brand new what scooters that you it? can buy. These are all in near nearby Bay Area. I mean, okay. like these are but definitely not- summer prices, you know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But you know, the thing is, people when times are tough. And times is tough because 
you know, there's a pandemic, there's times are tough when, you know, things might not be where people are at politically. There are times are tough because people are hurting financially. Mm-hmm. We look back to a time that we feel was better and we look back nostalgically. And that's a sliding scale because we tend to be most nostalgic about when we were invincible, mm-hmm. when we were teenagers. So there's a whole generation of people who are in their late 40s, maybe even you know right around 50 mark, who are going to look back to that Reva very, very nostalgically. Yeah. And to them, it's far more appealing than buying a new one. The manufacturers know this, mm-hmm. and they're very, very good at it. My argument is 50% of the Vespas in the Vespa line mm-hmm. are nostalgic-looking bikes. Yeah, good point. 50% of Triumphs are nostalgic-looking bikes and deliberately designed to appeal to people who look back to the 60s right. and the 70s very nostalgically and pay a premium for it. All right. So, no, that doesn't surprise me at all. Are you guys ready for the next one? Are you, are you getting yeah. you getting used to this game, right? All right, this one is a 2006 Suzuki SV650. You guys are familiar with it. It's SV650S. Yep. Um, 2006 with 7,000 miles, rarely driven and is in really good wow. shape. I'm the second owner, um, and it's been painted. Just put on a new uh, Del Quebec shorty exhaust. Sounds really good and is pretty loud. Um, brand new Kuryakin grips, gas tank cap, G2 ergonomics uh, tamer throttle tube, and new tank pads, and SZW shorty lever. So all the important mm. things. And the tires are in really good shape, practically brand new. So what year again? 2006, oh, and this is the color it was painted good god it is like a aqua aqua blue i was Mm. gonna say three grand but now i'm down to 2500 so what do you think this 2006 with only seven thousand miles is the guy wants five grand for it i was gonna say he wants he's very proud of that Mm. you know he's whether it's worth it or not he's really proud of that bike i'll go 47 you think that somebody might pay 47 Remember, no, not, not, that's what he's no, asking. no, we're not trying to determine what they're asking. We're trying to determine what do you think somebody would actually pay? What is the current uh, value? If that thing had to be repainted, it's probably been sitting outside the entire time, and it's probably in poor condition, even though it's 7,000 miles. That's a good point. Anytime a bike is painted, you have to ask the question yeah, why. But also, being uh, that old, being a 2006 and only having 7,000 miles on it, it's makes me sat. it's just sat there. It makes yeah. me a little worried about it but, anyway. So yeah. like, but still, it's a Suzuki yeah, SV650S. What is it worth? I think a realistic value for that bike painted, you know, three to three and a half is a right. realistic value. I think yeah. he's asking at least $1,000 more. What do you guys? I think it really depends on the condition of the entire bike once you actually go and look at it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the type of thing when you went to go look at it, you find all these weird things. And I'll tell you when I'm reading that, the, like they're listing the things like shorty levers and tank pads. It's like mm, those are just small cosmetic uh, things. They don't well, add any value whatsoever. And we talk about the, even some of, if it's performance stuff, like if they're CRG levers or something yeah. like that, we've talked, it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. increase the value. You might sell it quicker, you know, yeah. but that's really it. So what do you think it's worth Jim? 
Oh, I told you. I said, you know, SV650, it's like an FC6. Um, very similar bike, very similar mm -hmm, market. Mm -hmm. I would say three grand. Okay. Um, the painting, it, it, A, the color is ugly. And it's <laughs> like nobody's nobody's cus you know, nobody's home job is going to be as good as the, the stock paint. Well, he didn't paint it. Um, it was painted by the previous owner. So it, it uh, potentially anyway, is but, a professional paint job. But so yeah, you think it's worth about sell three? For, sell okay. for three, yeah. All right. He is asking five grand. There you go. And yeah. I, again, I start to have yeah. issue with um, you can get a lot of newer bikes now for seventy grand. Like, like you can get a really you can get a really good bike for five. I wouldn't touch something that old. Okay. And it just here's a little side note. It's been painted so you can project it's been crashed, which means mm -hmm. it might not have the OEM instrument cluster on it. So it might have a lot more miles than that. <clears throat> All right, up next. Yeah. Everybody's favorite. It's a 2012, same year as mine, KLR 650. Oh, God. And six, it's six pounds throp and save me. With only 6,600 miles. You'll recall when I bought mine, it only had, I think, 9,500. Pretty low miles. Um, so he says, uh, no time to ride this bike that I love. Pelican cases and a GV top case. Tires are in great shape. Lex aftermarket pipe, SE bars blacked out, and Motec crash bars up front. Never down. I'm the second owner. Um, and uh, that's it. 2012 KLR 650 low miles. Um, I can tell you that what, two years ago, I paid 3700 for mine. With 9,500, just give you an idea of what a, a value was then. What do you think this bike is worth now in COVID? Mm. Who cares? <laughs> mm. um, Thanks I'm for playing kidding. along, Jim. The, the thing is with KLR 650s, as desirable as they are, they were never an expensive bike. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this was so a used one no matter how nice yeah. is not worth more than four grand i mean they were only like seven or eight grand brand new right oh yeah. less than that I was, yeah it wasn't I was saying, aren't they all like 3800 bucks something like yeah. that yeah so yeah i'm gonna go for, i'm gonna go four you don't so you don't four. think the value has gone up too much dropped. say that again charlie immaculate condition never drop random drop yeah no, it's like three grand all right knock what do you think I'm gonna go with what Emma says around four grand. Is that what you said? So yeah. it's gone up a little bit since I bought mine. Maybe Jim, you agree? Yeah, mm. yeah I thirty eight hundred. Yeah. Okay. I think that. I think that's right. Uh, asking fifty five hundred. Wow. Well, wow. dream on, buddy. Wait, what year again was it? Two thousand and twelve. Oof. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We got one more that left. Is. Ooh, this one is right here in Aptos. In case somebody wants to go get it. Ooh, I got cash. Oh, fair enough. Uh, we're going all the way back to 1981. Ooh. And this is a Passport 70. You're familiar with those, aren't oh. you, Emma? Yes. Uh, this bike has got 3,100 miles on it. A classic fun bike to ride to the beach or store. Gets up to 45 miles per hour or a great antique for the avid collector. Both tires, carburetor, battery, spark plugs, rear lights, seat cover replaced. Complete tune-up, oil change, and system flush. Replaced eight months ago. Uh, auto starter button and headlight need fix. Starts up via kickstart. So, um, and it looks like this. Is it red? It is not. Yellow it's one. Yellow. Oh, it's Ooh. yellow. Passport. Ooh. So, a nice vintage 1981 Passport. Mm. 
He's asking a ton of money. He wants 2800 for it, I'll bet. But what do you think it's worth? What do you think somebody would pay for this? Well, again, you know, these things are all over the board now. Mm -hmm. I really, I, you know, I personally, I put a value of it on at $500. Right. Because that's <laughs> what I remember them going for not that long ago. Yeah. Um, but you have to say, in the time of COVID, when you have a lot of new riders now, this is a great know, bike for new riders. And, you they are pleasant little bikes to ride, but it needs work. The realistic value of that bike is probably twelve, thirteen hundred bucks. That's its realistic value. I think in the time of COVID, you can probably double that. What do you guys think? What do you think its, it's actual value is? Fifteen hundo. Yeah. yeah. Fifteen sounds good. What do you think, Jim? I, you know, this is not my wheelhouse, but I think 1500 is low. I, you know, I think people know, yeah. know that those are collectible. It's a cool yellow color. It looks super clean. They've done work. I think it's easily a $2,000 thing. Wow. I get where it's coming from, but I think what I see now, it's easily two grand. Charlie, Micah, what do you guys think? Like thousand bucks. I, I agree with Jim. I think two grand is it. See, and it, this is why I wanted to have this conversation. I find it interesting that we've got opinions a thousand dollars apart on what something might be worth now. Uh, this bike right here in Aptos, they are asking twenty three hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, okay. So uh, that's it. What do you guys think of that? Um, because it is really hard. Like I said, I have people asking me, "Hey, I'm looking at getting this bike. What do you think?" I'm like, I got no idea what values are anymore. Right. Because well, you go so I, to do the research, it's all over the place. I think it, that was a great point that you made with um, there being a whole bunch of new riders. Um, teaching with CMSP, the company that I work for, we're backed up uh, weeks. We had to reschedule a class because of the smoke. And getting mm. them into um, a class took a month uh, just oh, to get open one. Um, yeah, it's we're super, super backed up. And part of that was because we had to close a little bit for mm. COVID or, or before I started working there, um, they did. But everyone is wanting to get outside, and motorcycling is a great way to do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's interesting, Liza, maybe a game for another day or now, but I was like, okay, say if you – around the, the, the price range we were talking about, most of these bikes say four grand. Mm -hmm. If you were going to say, hey, what's a great starter bike for somebody for four grand or under, what would that be? Oh, there's so many. I think I think you could say, uh, Emma, tell me if you agree with this. If you came up with 3500 bucks, we could get you a bike that you could ride cross-country or commute every day. Or I think 3500 bucks, you could get a good KLR or an FC6. Yeah, or so. like you can get a very decent bike that will never give you trouble. Right, V650 we talked I'll about. I'll sell you mine and buy you gear. <laughs> um anything over that now you're starting to get into new bike range especially when you're getting these bikes that are very affordable um uh like you know the fz07 you know bikes that are low price or the versus and then especially when you're getting these bikes from um from china that are starting to get better Right. Yeah, you can buy an FCO seven for like seven grand or whatever. I know. It's it's well, really crazy. So I'm looking at at buying a brand new MT in the next couple of months. Yeah. Um and MSRP on those is uh seven thousand six hundred dollars. Right. Which is yeah, yeah, 
from what, a dealer 2020 with ABS and uh, traction control stock. I'm pretty sure. That's a great price for a modern bike. I mean, you get a right. lot for a bike these days, you know? Which is I mean, why 4500 for a 20-year-old CBR. And it's like, like what? You I don't get it. You like a few thousand more dollars and get a much nicer motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's well, kind of... You just, you, just, you just hold on there, Slick. I mean, yes, the MT-07 is a very, very nice yeah. motorcycle. However, those are four eyes. They're quick, um, yeah. well over 120, 130, 100, 100 115 horsepower. Um, they're very, very smooth running. They handle well. They've got mm-hmm. good brakes. They've got good suspension. And people look back at them very nostalgically. Um, I'm not saying it's a four grand nostalgia trip, but they ride as well as modern bikes in their own way. Yeah, yeah they're definitely a sport bike. I mean, pe- yeah, exactly. Big, it's you know, a, it's a sport bike. You can go into the category of like, okay, you can buy a bike like that for four grand or three thousand dollars or whatever. Then what if you put three thousand bucks into it? Yeah, right. Right. You could get bitching mm-hmm. Olin suspension. You could probably put like a nice dual like Olin's four pot brake system on it, and now you got like a A group track bike. You know, or at the same time, you can spend probably around three grand. Or would you sell your versus for Liza and get a great out of the box adjustable? 650, you know, or 600 cc. I think I sold bike. it for $2,800. That's a, those verses. Three grand, deal, so, or 32, yeah. something like that, around there. Maybe 32. It's, it, it's, it's funny how quickly you can um, get out of touch with prices, not just of bikes, about mm-hmm. what stuff's worth. Yeah. You know, I had a really interesting conversation. Who's that, Vitpillin? Well, what was that guy's Barry. name? Barry. Barry. Mm-hmm. I had a great conversation with Barry today because, you know, I can't decide what mufflers to put on the Trident. And I said, you know, I want to put Reagans on it because they're such an iconic Triumph muffler. I said, but they're so expensive. And he said, well, h- how much are they? I said, well, they're 700 bucks for the pair. And he said, that ain't expensive. Mm-hmm. And he's absolutely right. I mean, if you look through a parts unlimited catalog about how much exhausts are now, you know, an exhaust for a sport bike is like a thousand bucks. Yeah. 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 You know, slip on systems are six or 700 bucks. So yeah. a pair of gigantic chrome, very elaborate mufflers for seven is actually not that expensive. So, you yeah. know. But to me, it's like, Jesus Christ, that's that's pricey. But then I look back nostalgically and I say, oh, yeah, I remember when you could get them for 100 bucks, you know? So. Yeah, and the reason I wasn't asking you what they're asking, because I think a lot of people, they get into the game, they're going to ask more than what they want, and then you haggle down. And that's why I was right, trying right, to right. see, well, I mean, what is this really worth? But I think it's still all these prices have gone up and they're getting close in price to an almost new bike or they've surpassed these 10 year old like versus and fc6 that i think are better bikes um well and i just find it interesting well one thing is don't forget about new bikes is the out the door cost right you know it might be seven or eight grand whatever but by the time you get out the door it's easily like another three thousand i mean it'll know better but easily another three grand if i remember yeah but well it mounts up because you've got dealer prep you've got tax license um Mm. 
you know, freight fee, pre-delivery inspection, you know, blah, 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 blah. I don't think it's three, Jim, but it's, it can be like a couple of grand on a $10,000 bike. Um, and that's why it's very, very important when you go into a dealership, if you're actually laying down cash for a bike, or to a certain extent, even if you're getting it on the drip, you need to know what the out-the-door price is. Right. Yeah. You know? Um, even if you're paying like 200 bucks a month, okay, 200 bucks a month, what is the amount of the loan? Well, the loan is for 10 grand. Okay. Well, how much is the bike? Well, the bike is six grand. Now, wait a minute. So you're charging me for, you know, that's obviously not right. So you need to know what the out the door price of the bike is. And that can be 1,500, two grand more than the sticker price. Or you might go in and they're trying to move a bike. You know, they're trying to do mm-hmm. a deal. There you go. This bike yeah. is ten grand out the door. Now, when yeah, you say out the door, does that include tax? Yep, out the door. License? Yeah, out the door. So that's the real figure that matters. What is the out the door price? You know, something that, that popped in my mind while you were talking, Emma, and and what Micah was speaking to. Like, let's say you like had to borrow some of the money for it. Um, you know, you can finance a bike for pretty darn cheap under a hundred bucks a month. But what oh, you yeah. might be, one way to look at it is you're financing ABS brakes, traction control. So in a sense, you know, if you got to borrow a little bit of money to get into a modern sport bike, I think it's an okay thing to do because you're leveraging that debt to buy way safer bike. Um, right. You know, so I think even if you have to, you know, you know, borrow a little bit of dough, I think you know if you're getting an ABS bike, something you're going to ride mm-hmm. safer. I think it's a good it's a good reason to borrow a little bit of money. And money's yeah. cheap right now. So, Emma, when would you say is the perfect time to get the best deal on a bike? Because I'll tell you, I've always kind of had this 10-year number. When a bike hits 10 years, I'm talking about one owner, well-maintained. Oh, looks used almost bikes? Used bike. Like, looks almost as good as, you know, the day they got it. It's been maintained. Um, like, to me, like, once it hits 10 years, that's when it starts to drop dramatically. The price really starts to... It can do. Yeah, depends on, depends so, on what make and model. But, so right, what do you think exactly. is the, the thing right you've time? Got to remember is when a bike gets to a certain age, it stops being a product of its manufacturer and starts being a product of the person who's worked on mm-hmm. it. And I would rather buy a high mileage, good quality bike that's had, say, a dealer maintenance schedule on it all its life rather than a low mileage cheaper bike that the owner's maintained by himself now that owner might be like r1 jim who's very very anal and you know just is nearly as good as the dealer experience on the other side of the coin there might be a complete idiot you know i've seen bikes come in to the shop with 2,000 miles on them, with no oil in them. Yeah. Holy fuck. <laughs> no oil in them at all. Um, did you have your 600-mile service? What's that? Now, ultimately, <laughs> I blame the dealership for not saying, because, you know, you, you bought a new bike from Monterey Peninsula when I worked there. First thing, guys, I need you back here at 600 miles. Don't mess around with this. You hit 600 miles, you better come back and see me. And we check over the bike, 
we you know talk all the nuts and bolts we do the oil change because it's got the nasty breaking oil in it that's like wee wee mm -hmm. and people forget about it or people can't be bothered no i've got to pay for that service so i'm going to skip it yeah. and you get to about 900 miles and the oil's really breaking down by this point and now your bike's starting sparkly. to use it the oil yeah. is sparkly it's got flakes in it yeah. exactly <laughs> And now you say, oh, we've got a thousand miles on it. I can start giving it the beans now, mm -hmm. you know? So there's more than time and mileage, you know, it's mm -hmm. how a bike has been looked after is everything. Right. The Japanese manufacturers are a lot better at making their bikes stupid proof. <laughs> um, the European manufacturers generally a Triumph, a Guzzi, a Ducati, a Husky, if it says you need the oil changed at two and a half thousand miles, you'd better do it. They don't suffer fools gladly. Japanese bikes can suffer more neglect, um, but that doesn't mean that they can suffer. They can suffer an amount of neglect, not total neglect. Right. So. Um, but yeah, generally, you know, as long as you buy a bike that's up to 10 years old, it's going to have modern accoutrements on it. Mm -hmm. ABS has been around now for about a decade. Decent tires have been around now. Shit. Decent tire design's been around since for 30 years now. Decent brake design's been around the same. So, you know, if you buy a 10-year-old bike, if you buy a 2010 bike, the chances are... It's going to have ABS. It's going to have fuel injection. It's going to handle like a current bike. It's going to look like a current bike, especially if it's nice and pretty in a modern color. It's a really good alternative to buying a new bike. But just watch the pennies. Like in Micah's case, if she was to find, you know, um, an FZ07 for like 6500 bucks. Well, for $1,000 more, she's going to be riding around on a new one. I think the new one's going to be the better bet. But conversely, if she finds a two-year-old one with low mileage for like four grand, now that's going to be a more interesting prospect yeah. because now it's half the buy-in for a new bike. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so uh, I'm okay. looking at like uh, uh, prices for a 2010 Yamaha R1, mm -hmm. and they're anywhere from you know uh, nine grand to seven and a half, and. Uh, you still get a lot of fucking bike. I mean, well, here's the deal. Motorcycle. Here's the deal. If you if you go into a dealership now and want an R1, you'd better lay down about eighteen grand. So there's your baseline. Yeah. yeah. And a 2010 R1 is still capable of spanking all your friends. You know. Yeah. Um, so what does nine grand buy you? Knock a nice low mileage, all original one. Eleven thousand. I saw. There's one for uh, eleven thousand miles. Eleven thousand nine hundred thirty-seven miles. Black Yamaha R1. Well, yeah. plus, like with that type of engine too, like it might even if it has higher mileage, you aren't stressing it. Like it's not like a Ninja 250 that's you know revving out to go, you know. Right. Like so like yeah, that, there's just there was a point where the technology just got really good and bikes just became super reliable. And 10 years ago was well into those years, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So, uh, um, uh, you uh, know, they go, they, there's waves, you know, there's, mm -hmm. 
My favorite year, funnily enough, for a lot of superbikes is 2007. Hmm. If you look at the 2007 R1, if you look at the 2007 ZX10, even mm-hmm. the CBR1000, they just nail the styling. Yeah. Particularly the 2007 good. R1 is absolutely gorgeous. It's an absolutely staggeringly beautiful bike. And that's kind of the shift. That's when things got really good for all of them. And yeah, we're, now, we're in like the, now we're in like the 160, 200 horsepower bracket without yeah, too much like effort. A, a little bit before the economy tanked and everybody had got their bikes on credit and <laughs> the, the Japanese superbike wars was happening. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Time to get a bike. Yeah, it was a good time to get a bike. So I'll tell you what my kind of formula, if you're thinking about a graph of value of bikes in, in my head, that a bike yeah, is going down and then it hits 10 years old and then it starts to really dive down. And then 20 to 30 years old is when it is hitting rock bottom. And then by the time it hits 40, it's hit bottom. It's never going to be worth less. I'm talking about a bike in good condition, right? Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. when it's going to start coming up slowly 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 is that because your new it's kawasaki? old hmm? is that your new kawasaki oh uh i mean as long as you maintain it or make it better no it's not going to go down in value uh, because of time uh, time is is on your side after 40 years are you uh, are you saying my street legal xr is going to be worth 10 grand one of these days <laughs> maybe <laughs> how old is it uh 2003 Oh so, no! It's 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 about, it's going it's still going down. It's going down it's going fast, down. man. It's going down R, fast. Right? It's the R. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. Hey, I wanted to ask a just a quick question. Um. Uh. What do you guys think? Do you think it is illegal to ride with a dog on your motorcycle? No, it's not. It is not illegal because of two laws. Um, Mm -hmm. One of them is that you can carry shit on your motorcycle however you please. Mm -hmm. You carry your property. Yeah, your property. Mm -hmm. And then another one says that a dog is your property. Okay. That's a good point. Until your dog starts doing taxes, which by the eyes of the government is a person, (laughs) I guess. You can totally nice. ride with a monitor. So um, I'm going to share with you, and this now we're going to start getting a little not motorcycle, but this is just something I've been going down a rabbit hole and enjoying, so I'm going to share it. Uh, I've been exploring a lot of YouTube channels, and there's one called Audit the Audit. And what this is, this is about police interactions, where they take the video from like the body cam or from uh, somebody who's videotaping and they um audit this whole interaction that goes down not with opinions but with actual laws codes and you know they actually will stop it and say okay at this point the police officer is inciting this and in these Mm -hmm. states this is what this means and da 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 and i watched a fascinating one this guy who had been riding from vermont with on a dirt bike with his dog on the tank they've done like eleven thousand miles and they're down in southern california and a cop pulled him over and was citing him with cruelty to animals and uh, he's arguing with this cop and it was very fascinating so um uh, again audit to the audit the audit if you want to see 
about police interactions and know the actual rights and codes by state. Um, but in this case, uh, the biker's like, come on, look, I've been doing this 11,000 miles. The dog likes it. It's not cruel. The cop's saying he could, what if you get in an accident? He's going to fall off, could get injured. What if a dog comes running out and he jumps off? He could get hit by a car. This is a very dangerous situation. And the guy pulls up in his phone a case in California, uh, similar that got thrown out and that, um, and he's using this as an example saying, look, there's already been a case here where the, the person won. And that's because the officer in that case cited him for, um, having a, uh, occupant, uh, on a vehicle where an occupant is not supposed to be meaning you can't have a person on the hood of your car and you can't have somebody riding on the handlebars of your motorcycle. Right. So, right. They were cited with having an occupant where they shouldn't be. Uh, and it was thrown out because they said that a dog is property and not an occupant. But in this case, cruelty to animals. They said the cop actually might have a case here. Mm. And that the guy was resisting the cop and the cop was threatening to arrest him and have his dog picked up by the dog catcher. And he was trying to stand his ground because he thought he knew his right. And I found it fascinating that they're like this would have to go to court but it is possible he has a valid case and so what happened was uh he actually had to call somebody to come pick up his dog in his car and he had to uh... leave la and get up to san francisco so he could continue on his trip but um i found it interesting uh just because there's so much going on in the world right now that is a lot of people with their opinions but this is something that is only facts so if that interests you at all i recommend checking out audit the audit there you go. Yeah, yeah. In that particular case, you maybe have to call like the uh, the field officer or. The oh, no doubt the cop was being a total dick. Mm -hmm. The cop was being a total dick in this case, but this is not about opinions. This is strictly about the law and codes and rights. You know. And well, you don't know that. I mean, the cop may have had genuine concern for the animal. And mm -hmm. was not deviating from that. So, yeah. I mean, I wasn't... You've got an advantage over me because I didn't see the video. Sure. Yeah. Um, the, the, the cop may have been being a total dick, but he may have just been very, very, like, this is how it's going to be. Right. Well, and again, it would be up to a court to decide. But again, I just am sharing that I find it fascinating that even right. though this cop seemed to be a dick and this car... this the dog's been riding for 11,000 miles, and we have a friend, Terry, who rides around with his dog. That well, you know, this Terry, might actually Terry have... should be arrested, yeah. but that's got nothing to do with Charger. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, he should, be, you... he should be arrested for crimes against zeros. <laughs> <laughs> Terry's awesome, but if you've ridden with Terry, which I think all of us have... Oh, God. Uh, Marger is what forty five pounds yeah. and going least on now. the bike. So if you have not ridden with Terry, if you were to witness it, you would be like, Jesus, holy moly. Um, but that's just because you don't know. Little do you know that you know Terry and Charger have ridden thousands and thousands well, of miles. And well the and, thing is, is what people don't know is Charger is driving the bike. <laughs> driving Terry's it. the passenger. Uh no, and the cop made another point that they have a leash law. 
And this dog was not tethered at all. He just sat on the tank. Mm. Whereas Charger is tethered just... to Terry. So um, anyway, I just found it interesting and I wanted to share it because it's something I've been really enjoying uh, seeing the breakdown of these interactions. And with so much going on in the world right now, it's kind of refreshing to have nothing but facts and not opinions. Just mm-hmm. wanted to share that. Um, I've got an email to read unless anyone had something they wanted to bring up. Oh, I very quickly wanted to say uh, shout out to Eric. We went to and did first rides a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, we had a, a new um, volunteer come and help us out. And nice. Eric, and he is a podcast listener, and he actually hey. heard about first rides through the podcast and came oh, right on. with us, Wait. which was really, really cool. Is he from Felton? I don't know. No, he's not young, right? Because we I, met... Eric up at um, at Mason at George's Mason's. garage, yeah, and he said, place, "Hey, yeah. I know who you guys are. I'm a listener." Yeah, he was super cool, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's got an RC390. Mm, I don't remember seeing that there, but he told yeah. me he was new to riding. Uh, he works at the the U-Haul side of the business, so mm, he was just different then. Well, maybe. But, then yeah, shout but- out to both Eric's. Shout out to both, yeah, both of them. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and his gas tank. He has a great story about a gas tank. Maybe we'll talk about that sometime. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm, I want to get uh, Mason on here. Um, so I've got an email to read. And this is from our friend Clint. What's up? He says, hey, misfits. So I made a change to the stable recently. Before the Sturgis rally kicked off this year, I managed to sneak over to Yamaha's demo rides and got to mm. put 35 plus miles on a Tenere 700. Ooh. He says, I'm trying to be. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to be financially responsible. I sold my Super 10 to fund the swap to the T7, which should be delivered in October at about 125 pounds lighter. I will be a lot more open to taking the T7 off road than I was on the Super 10. Have you had a chance to take one out yet? If so, what are your thoughts? Um, No, I don't think anyone has, right? No, I would certainly like to. So yeah. Charlie actually, uh, when he bought his Super 10, we'd been looking a little while, for a while, and he, his biggest thing with looking at different bikes was he yeah. was saying, "I wish the 10, uh, the Tenere yeah, 700 if, was mm-hmm. in America, because if it was yeah. at that point, he would have bought one." So yeah, just, I, w- I would have bought one brand new right there if it was being sold. Yeah, it's probably way more up your alley than your your current one. It's just it's just a lot. I'd imagine it's a lot lighter, more easy to throw around. And yeah, all I mean things, I'm. You know? I'm liking the Super 10. I think it does well off-road. Yeah. Yeah, I'm at to know, I, I, Oh, go ahead, Jim. I say I hopped on the the you know, I was looking for the Africa. I was I was looking for an adventure bike and I got on the uh, KTM 790. Mm-hmm. And that thing was like a scalpel, like your 990 Supermoto yeah. KTM wise of the Adventure Supermoto. I mean, it was so it felt so small and, and nimble. Yeah. I get it. The Africa Twin is so tall, that big 21-inch front wheel. It's so different, but I, I think the 700 Tenere is going to be bitching. And and the thing I was going to say about versus the KTM, way more affordable. I mean, that thing's going to go for what, maybe eight grand or something like that. I think MSRP is ten. Oh, is it? That makes more sense then. But but still. Yeah, I have to say I'm getting excited about this range. I mean, look at all everything's going from the the R1200 GS down to the 800 GS, right? They're pushing towards the 800. And look, I got rid of my 
my little dirt bike 250 and bought a 690 enduro to be my little dirt bike and that thing is all motor but it feels like my drz 400 i mean it's like the same size as my you know smaller dirt bike at the time i think that engine range is really great especially for an adventure bike it's going to be really lightweight and nimble so yeah. emma do you know do you buy all because i know you love the the, the big Tenerey. do you buy all the good stuff for the big one in the small package yeah i think you know i think it's going to be an interesting bike um there's something about mid-sized adventure bikes that's very very appealing I, I i'll say it once again i think the perfect adventure bike is the one that hasn't been made yet and is one you'd have to build mm -hmm. and that would be your rally raid jim with a 500 rebel engine in it yeah well, as close as it might get is that the Husqvarna motor that came by today. You know, that like the Husqvarna 701 well, or the 501. Cylinder. I mean, but, that's basically the 690. It's a single cylinder, but a 500 twin cylinder engine, the Rebel 500, yeah. you know, the 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 uh, 500X motor in that Rally Raid chassis, to me, is the perfect all-round bike. Yeah. But you know yeah. what? The, the little 10... 700 cc twin cylinder in a smaller package sounds pretty damn good to me yeah like, yeah my, my deal was like the versus minus 50 pounds would have been ideal mm -hmm. yeah so is that generate motors that... it back so like if i want to ride my you know big super 10 off-road alone like the one thing i'm thinking about is like oh fuck i'm gonna have to pick this thing up by yeah. myself and like that's my kind of dilemma where with the you know, Tenere 700, like, I could feel, I feel like I totally, absolutely could just pick that thing up. Well, yeah. I, I know what you're going to ask, Jim. You're going to say is that, I think it's a standalone engine. So talk among yourselves, and I'm just going to do a quick bit of research I'll, on the engine. That was my question. Is that yeah. the FCO7 motor, or is that I, so, a standalone? Tell you what, right I'll now. finish reading the email while you look that up. He says, so listening to your last episode has got me thinking of listing my new Super T on Rideshare. I know the wow. test ride is what sold me on the bike, and it would be nice to give others the opportunity to ride a bike that is at least at the moment hard to come by, would have to figure out logistics of the pickup and return for when I'm traveling and out of state for work. I think that's great. Um, you know, I think totally. that's as somebody who's uh, a member of the motorcycle community to think about others and sharing something that you love and discovered with others, I think is a great attitude and a rider share is a great way to do that, especially if they're getting it all together that somebody could actually take it out on the dirt and try it out and everything is, is covered. So cool. He says, hope y'all stay safe from the Rona and the fires. And here's hoping for a meetup someday in the black Hills would love to go riding with you in the misfits. Yeah, man. Oh, that is Ooh, good. A good looker. So, um, it's an FC07 engine. It has been tuned for more mid-range and um, torque. It's a great-looking bike. Yeah. In fact, yeah, it reminds me of an 800GS in a lot of ways. It sits like one. It's kind of yeah. it's it's long and stretched out. It's a good-looking bike. Mm -hmm. I, I like the Good red one, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie, buy one. You got that union money? Yeah, don't on, spend son. that money on a new... Uh, 
new shock. Spend it on a new bike, son. Fucking get a whole new bike. Mm-hmm. Sell that. Especially that since we know used bikes value is so high right now. You actually may want to consider that, dude. No, I mean, I like the, I like the Super 10 because I can put, all, put a bunch of shit on it. Yeah, I mean, his yeah. 1200 is nice a lot too. of fun, yeah. And, you know, the truth is, I mean, Charlie, certainly amongst us lot, is the one who's really got the skills to actually manhandle a Super 10 around. Mm-hmm. So, same as you've got the skills to, to manhandle that um, Africa Twin, which I certainly don't. I don't have the skills to manhandle a Super 10 off-road. Well, the reason um, I can uh, do what I can do on that Africa Twin is because I know that I'm always riding with people who will pick it up for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> so as long as you never think about, oh, what if I fall over? It doesn't matter. I got Charlie she's and got Jim the, to pick it up. She's got you know, the community attitude. You know how true that is? is when, <laughs> <laughs> fool, she says, fool. How true that is is when we were going to Jocelyn's to, tra- Jocelyn's to train with her, she said, what do you want to get out of it? And I said, to learn how to pick up Liza's bike. <laughs> yeah. And then when we were learning how to pick up your bike, she goes, oh, my God, I thought you were joking. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no that's true. pretty much what I want to get out of the class. <laughs> yeah, I, I fall over and then I just wait for everyone to come over and I just point where they should pick it up from. <laughs> it's, usually, it's, usually it's off of you. <laughs> yeah, I know. While I'm laughing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, hey, guys, that's it. I, we got another episode. Um, you guys, we got some oh, we got some really good guests booked in the next couple weeks. I'm excited. And I just want to let you know, especially uh, since we did that Debbie Evans interview that was so awesome. She was at the top so of my cool. list. Well, there's somebody who has been second on my list. I've kept their uh, website page on my phone for about a year or two now open as like a reminder constant inspiration and i want you to know i finally got an in with them and i'm going working on making it happen i'm not telling you who it is but it's somebody that i'm very very excited and i will say that is a related in some way in some way or kind to evil knievel that's all i'm gonna say yeah, okay. not not yeah. So, so I want to say such a tease. This I will like, say evil can evil. It is not evil can evil. You're trying to sell uh, the sizzle so much here. <laughs> hey, look, when these are the ones that I've been waiting years to to get, and you you know they're hard to get a hold of, and when you finally have mm-hmm. like, you have you know a chance a shot, I'm I'm really excited because I've kept this list of people. Uh, and you it's, know, it's you're one of those people who just like wills things into existence, you know? Yeah. And, and <laughs> as you know, it's, traits. it's not always a name that, you know, but it's a story that I want to put out there. I want people to know yeah. the story. It's not about like, Hey, King Kenny, which yes, would love to interview King Kenny. A lot of people have interviewed King Kenny, but these are stories that I think are fascinating and inspiring. All right. Oh, yeah, that is a mean Miss Emma looking at us right now. <laughs> oh, um, Emma, um, you want to make an announcement? Yes. Well, yes, I will. Unfortunately, I will be doing neither the um, Recycle Garage or the podcast next week. That's right. Mm. Because oh, well. I will uh, I will be down in the abyss of San Luis um, <sighs> on the Central Coast doing 
the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride, which is open to women as well. And which bike cool. will you be riding? Open? They've always had it open to oh, women, yeah. though, right? Like, as- yeah, I mean, you know, it's not... Before everybody gets on their high horse, we will be maintaining social distancing. We yeah, will yeah. be wearing masks. This yeah, is yeah. not an anti-masking event. You yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah, raising sure. it's raising money for men's uh, men's health. Apparently, um, our balls are so important that uh, we got rides dedicated after them. That's just how that works. Well, exactly. Unfortunately, <laughs> because men are all mad, it seems like it's most of the money true. goes towards mental health for men. So yeah. that's no surprise. Um, yep. But, yeah, I'm going down with my dear friend, Mr. McCarthy. Nice. And um, we always have a good time together. Oh, so he th- will be riding his custom sports star. I saw a photo I- of that thing. It looks great. Oh, it's very forward-looking. Emma, um, tell everyone what you'll be wearing. Oh, well, I, I'm i doing a nod to the late Diana Rigg. So I will be dressed as Diana Rigg playing Emma Peel from The Avengers. <laughs> so um, I'll be wearing um, like a black cat suit and uh, go-go boots and one of those, what do you call those link belts, you know, that are big metal mm-hmm. hoops? Like a Chanel uh, yeah, kind of belt or something? That, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know the one. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'll be I'll be in my best 1960s clothes, which have been at the back of my closet all along, darling. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'll be having a good time. And, you know, I said to Liza, you know, I'll call into the podcast, but truthfully, I'll just be on my mobile phone. So yeah. probably we'll give it a we'll give it a miss for next week. Well, that's fine because I'll give you uh, a little ride report the following week. Because next week we have a really special history hole planned, and we have a special guest coming on to share this history hole. I love hinting all these things, you guys. Mm-hmm. I've been, I just decided, you know, oh man. We're still doing Zoom. I thought this would end by now. It hasn't. This is the opportunity to get all these guests that we can't get in studio because I always wait to get people in studio. Now I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to be reaching out and I'm just booking people that have great stories. I can't wait to hear the story next week. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah, um, I mean, what else are they going to be doing except for staying inside and doing puzzles? Uh, you know? Doing like, puzzles, like, you know exactly. Exactly. Uh, so I think that's it. Uh, just a reminder, if you would like to get a Motorcycles and Misfits t-shirt, I do have another batch of them. Just send me a PayPal of $25 to RecycleMotorcycleGarage at gmail.com. And uh, with your size, I think I have small to double XL right now. And um, for that's in the U.S., if you are outside of the U.S., send me an email and I will give you a quote for shipping. Um, and don't forget to go to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com and you can check out our backlog of stuff there and you can see photos and all sorts of stuff. Um, and Hey, where's Bagel? That's where we're missing. He's on the I-5 last I heard. Oh, he's coming back. That's right. He's in Oregon. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which, uh, good news, they had two days of rain, which pretty much put out the fires. Oh, uh, nice. Yes. Oh, good. Good for them. Yes. Right on. Yeah. Oh, good, good oh. Yeah, so they're doing better yeah, than Yeah, a buddy of mine are. lives in the upper left-hand corner of Clackamas County, and the fire was starting to go that direction. Mm. So he lucked out. Wow. Um, so I think that's it. 
Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, and especially to those who have sent us emails with suggestions for guests. Keep them coming. Recycle Motorcycle Garage at gmail.com. And if you have a connection with somebody with a great story, um, we'd love to hear it. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. And especially thank you to our Patreon subscribers. Uh, I know, Emma, you've been having some people messaging you. Ask Miss Emma. You've been helping yeah, people we, with their bikes. We, yeah, we've had Ask Miss Emma, which is always a wonderful thing to mm-hmm. uh, to have. And I've had people requesting stickers. And I'm still happy if you send stamped addressed envelope. We know the address. Um, I'm happy to send you Recycle Garage stickers. Give it the bean stickers. The Give it the beans face limited edition. That's um, the face when you... <clears throat> Somebody tells you to drill out the Jets. I remember making that comment. <laughs> that is a drill out like, the Jets face if ever yeah. I saw it. And just you can send that uh, self-addressed stamped envelope to 342 Washington Street, Santa Cruz, California, 95060. And just put Miss Emma on there, and I will make sure that she gets it. And um, I, uh, um, yeah, talk amongst yourselves just for a moment. All right, I think I think Jim is holding up a what is that an M80? Jim, light that <laughs> cracker. Let's it's a, see it, it's, man. It's a it's a sumo wrestler with a firework on top. You wind them up and shit. Light it yeah, up, dude. Yeah, light yeah. it up. I got two of them. I'll do it right now. Oh no. Are you serious? No, yourself. you're not. Are you really? Bullshit. Can you see? No way. You're not going to light that. Talk thing. amongst yourselves. That is right. like a M80, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Emma, heads up. There may be a loud bang. There may be a loud bang. My cat's in here, right? You know that. Yeah, I know. So there may be a bang and a scream and a yowl. I'm not going to do it because of the cat. All right. Or I would normally. All right. We'll talk into doing something stupid next time. Emma. Um, I just wanted to say that I've got an announcement for one of our listeners. Um, Eli Doe. Um, Package is on its way to you, darling. Um, I know he sent a a nice little uh, um, message to you, Liza. And um, no, I'm I'm happy to send those things on to you, Eli. So expect a package in the next week or so. Oh yeah, and one more uh, big thanks to all the people who have been donating gear. We are still getting gear coming in. Uh, Micah, you need to bring some students in here. We've got so much gear, and today we had an amazingly beautiful one of the nicest jackets we have a vanson leather jacket that's like oh it's new, gorgeous but it's, it is a, like new condition it's, it's and amazing. it's very small it's very yeah. small so ideal for a woman or someone it is a beautiful very high-end leather jacket Dude, it's a fucking 750 800 jacket man. It's, yeah it's, perfect. it's beautiful perfect condition yeah. and um, you know it'd be it'd be good for somebody with a harley because it's in very traditional yeah. harley colors not yeah. necessarily i mean i love those colors well, it's just black and orange and white but it doesn't say harley it says jacket, vanson yeah. and it is just a great jacket it, it would even hold up on a racetrack so yeah uh yeah micah send me send us some people I'm working on it. All right, good. All right, so thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, guys, uh, especially you misfits for showing up every week and doing this. I don't know if you guys know this, but we had a birthday very recently. Who that is? We did. We are now in our eighth year. Wow. I can't believe we've been doing this for eight years. Yeah, I know. How is that? How is that possible? Well, we're in our eighth year. 2013 is when we started. God damn, dude. Yeah, yeah, I know. 
right? That is wild. I know. I'm surprised these guys still have me on here. I figure I get kicked off by now. <laughs> we keep trying. You don't listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just keep showing up unannounced. All right. Let's see if we can do this now. Thank you, everyone. This is Liza. I love you. Charlie. Micah. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, bye, darlings. I love you. <laughs> Are you talking to me? Yeah, you. Make it Jim Morale. Thank goodness. <laughs> and we are out of here. Cool, cool. 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 Thanks, guys.